Hello, and welcome to The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. Welcome back to another episode of The Weekend Starts on Wednesday. My name is Patrick Arias, and it is my pleasure to be your tour guide as we bring to you this weekend's most exciting sports entertainment. We are live in the living room, and as always, I am joined by my three dear friends and co-hosts, Andres, the Cavalier King, Bryant, first prize, Flores. He is wearing his Blackhawks hat this evening. He's got uh, the Blackhawks advancing. And then we have Champagne Chauncey, none other. He's still wearing his Dodgers hat, by the way. He did predict last weekend that the Dodgers would lose with Kershaw on the mound, so you earned to wear that hat, Chauncey. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about. We have uh, some NBA. We have some hockey. Playoff hockey. Let me say it one more time. Playoff hockey. And Major League Baseball, boxing, UFC, everything under the sun. We are going to get to it after a quick message from our sponsor. Gentlemen, some incredible things happened for me last weekend. I have a fantasy versus reality story to share with you. So in fantasy world, the, uh, the league that Andres and myself are in, I desperately needed to win because as we all know, it's a shortened season. You cannot afford to start off 0-2. I'm sorry, Andres, you started off 0-2. I'm currently 0-2 with a number one draft pick and I'm still 0-2. So what is it, like eight games total only? Like five or six. Oh, almost. shit. So you have to really you know, win. And I was stressing out. And I was like, I got to win. I got to win. And um, fantasy came through for me. Um, Gio Ursula, if you follow the Yankees, uh, he is a, a young hot bat. He did really well. Jock Peterson had a great week. Max Kepler from the Twins. These guys basically led me all the way to, to the victory. So the reality, though, was what we mentioned in the introduction, that Kershaw, he really let us down. As a Dodger fan, you are really asking yourself, because Dustin May stepping up, Bueller is – hopefully we can count on him. You have to ask yourself, um, is Kershaw worth worth starting? So that, that's the reality um, that I'm dealing with. So I'm going to continue to live the fantasy until I have to face the reality. So you, should. you don't think he's worth starting at this point? Or you're questioning? I have I have a, lo a, a lot to say about that. I think that Kershaw is um, like last year with Adam Eaton after he struck him out, the Nationals. I think that's when they should have pulled him instead of having him go against Soto and, you know, apparently, you know, so like Adam Eaton is, he used to be really good. He used to be a stick. He used to bat 300. He can get on base just like Kershaw used to be really good on the mound. And I think that they kind of like, like Adam Eaton and Kershaw are at the same kind of career. They're not that good anymore. So I don't think Kershaw should be facing the tops of the lineups and all this to start off the games. I wonder, you know, we were talking off, uh, off microphone before the start of the show. And I wonder of it for, for me, how much of it is like actual routine, right? Because I feel like, I, you know, Clayton Kershaw doesn't really like most baseball players. You don't really know them that well off the field like you would like a basketball player or even like a, a football player. You know, we all know Tom Brady's regiment, right? That's yeah. allowed him to play until he's 43 or whatever. But like, <laughs> I feel like Clayton Kershaw is a very like routine oriented guy. And I just wonder, again, if it's not to blame it on COVID because he's been sliding. He's been on the on the other side of his career for a while now. But I just wonder how much of this, like, unpredictable, like, surprising, like, letdown of a season is due to COVID. Well, he's got a big game this week coming up against a really tough opponent. I'll definitely um, discuss that one later on. But um, that's that's what I have to say. D who wants to go next? Is somebody going to um, – well, I know I know we're going to get into some more details right now and some more important news, but my highlight coming from what happened uh, this weekend is my disappointment in the two old men, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr., having to push back their fight. I was excited. It was about a month in. It was September 12th is when it was supposed to happen, I believe. Um, and now it's happening late November, like around Thanksgiving. So at least we'll have something, hopefully, something to see at that point in time. But it is what it is for now. What is your headline for that then? What would you say? <laughs> the old getting older. 
Andres, do you have a hero, a headline, or fantasy versus reality? I have the latter. I have a hero, and I'm going to stick. It was very difficult for me to pick who it was. I'm going with soccer. Uh, we have the Europa, uh, the Europa League tournament going on, which is the second best teams um, that aren't in the Champions League. It's a big tournament. So it was either going to be the goalkeeper for Copenhagen, who's, who had 13 saves, uh, Johansson. Wow. Is, yeah, 13 saves. The record is 16 set by Tim Howard in the World Cup game, most mm-hmm. ever. Um, and unfortunately, they both lost, so the saves don't mean shit. Uh, but I'm going to go with uh, Romelo Lukaku, the forward, the Dutchman. This guy is having an unbelievable season for Inter Milan. He scored the other uh, yesterday to advance Inter into these uh, semis. Mm-hmm. This guy has scored the first player ever to score in nine straight Europa League matches. Nine straight in this tournament. And that hasn't happened ever in the game. He's had 30 goals this season, and he's the first Inter player to score 20-plus goals in their first 30 Serie A games since Ronaldo in 98. When does he play again? Uh, next week. I mean, this guy's having a phenomenal year. He used to be with Manchester United. Brian, I know you're listening, buddy, and we know how much Manchester United has all, has wasted talent. They, they brought him up. He was supposed to be the next kid, and they, they sold him out for cheap, and now he's living up to the name. And he's going to do – he's always been an international player when it comes to the World Cup with the Dutch. They can't get it – they can't do well with Belgium. Um, but season-wise, this guy's having a great year. They have a shot to win the European League, and but they don't do it without him. So he's my hero. Without him, they don't go anywhere. I hope you did not just give him the kiss of death. Or what is it called? The, the, the almighty jinx. Yeah, yes. I jinxed them. <laughs> um, okay. Well, yeah, that, that's great. Great to know. I'm sure next week you'll either uh, discuss it with us on the show unless it happens before the weekend, in which case it will be the group text going off. Now, uh, Chance. Yes, sir. So for me, gentlemen, this week I have a headline. And uh, for those who don't know, I feel like most of our listeners, as everyone here knows, the the acronym for college football is CFB, Mm -hmm. right? So my headline this week is CIA wouldn't want to see FBA. And that's because <laughs> college football is in a very precarious situation right now. Um, one that I wouldn't want to be in uh, with the Pac-12, the Mountain West, who really cares about them. Shout out Boise State, though. Um, <laughs> and the Big Ten have all canceled their seasons. Yeah. And right now, of course, the the high and mighty SEC, where, where it just matters more, um, you know, they're, they're going to power on and, and continue with this this college football season as well as the ACC and the Big 12. So go Irish, go Irish. Well, ugh, no, no <laughs> go Irish. Um, but yeah, man, I just think it's crazy right now because you're really seeing like college football and football in general is just such an economic driver of all sports, especially collegiately. Yeah. Um, you know, they pretty much fund all the other sports. They pretty much fund the athletic department. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be real interesting to see. You know how the Big Ten schools, the Pac-12 schools, and if you know, you know, conferences like the ACC, uh, the SEC, which I just can't imagine the SEC not playing football. I think they would rather risk losing lives like on COVID, <laughs> like dead ass, like mm-hmm. than like not play college but football. Here's the thing: I don't think Nick Saban came out and said these kids aren't going to get it by playing football. They're going to get it on campus. Facts. Okay, so there's nothing going to happen to these kids that they play. And there's kids that do want to play. Justin Fields, the quarterback for Ohio State. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has came out and said that he wants to play regardless. And I hear these coaches for the Big Ten, uh, Day at Ohio State, Franklin at Penn State, stating, we want to do everything for the kids, this, this, and this. They want to play. But then they go and they vote, and they vote against them. And the only two schools that voted to play was Iowa and Nebraska. And those two schools, God bless you, I love you, and they're looking for to play somewhere. They don't care where. They want to be involved, and rightfully so. Nick Frost is going to lead the charge in this, and I think it's great, and I there's no reason for it. I think, I think, and I hear you, and I agree with a, a lot with, with what you said. I think the issue is, and I'm, I'm going to make it a little personal here, is, for example, at the University of Louisville, their soccer team, they went to a COVID party where there was an outbreak of 21 people, and I think that the biggest issue and the biggest differentiator between like college sports and the NBA or the MLB or football is that it's going to cost so much money to try to quarantine these kids, right? To make sure that they're under a bubble, right? That's hard to do in college. And I think it's just a, the fact about, like Nick Saban said, 
the fact that they're college kids, they want to go out, they want to have party. That's that, that's what they're used to doing. It's going to be hard to contain college kids, and I feel like that's the biggest, I guess, if factor with this whole thing. Well, isn't it isn't it obvious that the schools where the um, athletes are actually student athletes? They canceled, but SEC where they don't even go to class for anything. <laughs> I'm, making, I, I'm making a joke. I'm making a joke, but like, it's. I'm just saying, like, these bigger conferences. Will the quality like? Can we? Okay, so if it's Big Twelve, ACC, and SEC, if they play, we can still have a playoff. Like these are still like the top conferences Absolutely. that send people every but I'm year. I'm also looking at, as an athlete's point of view, right? As a student athlete, this a lot of them. This is their last year of playing. Not so, many of seniors are going to be like, "Hey, I'm going to go play somewhere will else." They not get a, another year of eligibility. They will get another year of eligibility, and I think that that's what goes into it too. Is everybody is suffering from unfair things right now during a pandemic. You go back and you look at history in the early 1900s when the Spanish flu and all that stuff happened, when similar situations like this have happened, and they just they scrap stuff. There, there just isn't history for those specific sports, especially college sports, which is not a professional thing that an owner is paying for. It's sometimes even coming out of you know state funds and things like that that I get where they want to play and I get all of that stuff, but it's just there's not enough money behind it. As much as we say there is money, there just isn't enough money behind it to take care of these kids like they should be. To, to First Rise's point, John Calipari is the highest state employee, <laughs> the highest yep. paid state employee <laughs> yep. in the state of Kentucky. And I guarantee you, legit, like, legit fact, in Kentucky basketball is a revenue generator. Yep. But so is Kentucky football, even though they suck. Just because it's football, you right? Have, and they can pack 50,000 people boosters. in a stadium and they have concessions. So all of that helps pay for his salary. And it's just like, if you can't have fans, right, then it's going to affect your bottom line tremendously. Unlike the NBA, even though the NBA is affected, the, the MLB is affected, this is pro sports. This is a business. And college, look, college sports, they're a business, but it's different. But NCAA, though, has been making money off these kids' names for years and years and years. Don't I'm tired. Then where did the money go? Okay, first and foremost, if it's not going back to the kids, where did the money go? If the kids want to play, let them play. A lot of them. This is the, this is their highlight reel to maybe get a shot to the NFL. And you know what? We were talking about the last couple shows with the XFL. Maybe this is the time where the Rock says, "Come over, hey guys. You don't want to play? They're not going to let you play. We'll, we'll we'll let's make it happen. How how we do it? I don't care. We got to get it do it. The people's champ. Well, that's this is this is the opportunity, right? If the, if the players still want to play, and a lot of them may not have a shot in the NFL, just, it's that option to do it because a lot of NCAA, look, you have all the boosters in the world. We know big-time schools, the Alabamas, the Notre Dames. Those schools are going to be fine, and they're going to be taken care of with their athletes. The NCAA has been fucking all the smaller schools, like the Iowas, you know, whomever you want to call if I was If I was Trevor Lawrence, I would, like, officially get an agent. If, sure, if yeah. okay, so ACC, if it gets postponed, I would if, if I was one of these athletes, I would get an agent and then I would ask to be worked out um, at different teams over the next few months to get ready for the draft because there's no way that I'm playing if the draft is in April. There's sure. no way I'm playing a spring football league. But they played it, they played, they played college football though during the Spanish flu. There, there's records of it, they played with masks or whatever. They did it. There was new, new Rockies first year. People just are taking the. It sounds like everyone's just taking the path of least resistance, in my opinion. Like they went straight from zero to we're not going to play. I just feel like sports was so different back then too, man. Look, my thing is, if I'm the head coach, I'm letting my team decide. They, they're the players. They want to put in the time. No, just, just, just like Don Mattingly got criticized for letting his players decide whether they wanted to play or not, yeah, and then the Marlins ended up. Though. Okay, <laughs> that that's exactly the same situation. Yeah, man, I think it's just hard. Like that's my biggest thing. My biggest concern is it's just hard to contain. Like unless you can adequately put these guys under a bubble, they're going to be interacting with the general public. Nick Nick Saban is absolutely one hundred percent right that they're more likely to get it at class at parties. Mm-hmm the cafeteria just being out but that also addresses another concern with like well, what do you do how do you keep these kids safe well we, we have the examples right we have the nba we have the nhl we have the examples showing hey it works if it continues to work like we got to be strict on it, it works because of a bubble look at the major leagues though with one team and these teams in the major league baseball are a lot smaller than a 50 60 men 
college football team. So imagine those little outbreaks compared to what can happen in college football. I, I know we kind of got to wrap this up, but I'm just saying it's it's starting to become a political thing, which is kind of annoying too, but I just, I, I don't know, man. It's going to be really, really, really tough. Well, we are going to wrap this up, but there's a chance that we discuss more of this later on because you never know with, with the four of us. This is and- an ongoing fluid situation too. <laughs> I miss having to say that I am your money-making mother machine, (laughs) and I got a big bet for you this week. Wednesday, ladies and gents, boys and girls, my boys in this living room, tomorrow, 12 o'clock, the Champions League, the almighty Paris Saint-Germain, which is PSG, the Neymar, the Mbappe, the the (laughs) highest team in all of France. Is playing against Atalanta, the Italian surprise team who's been making a run. I'm taking the over guys at three goals. You got the superstars in Neymar. You got the superstars in Mbappe. PSG has been scoring goals left and right, and Atalanta will give up plenty of goals. I expect this to be a 4-1 final. I love the three. 4-1. to 4-1 is my prediction, PSG. As much as I like to think that Atalanta will come out and steal the victory, it's not going to happen. PSG are choke artists when it comes to this tournament. Maybe they lose next round, but as of right now, they're the hottest team. They're coming in hot. Well, we, we only want to talk about this week. So <laughs> you're going to say the over hits. Over hits at, at, my, at uh, minus 105. So for every uh, $10, $10, I get 950 back. Well, you don't have the guts to parlay then. Oh, I'm not going to parlay. See, no, 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 why no. not? I'm only going to do a what? The, them winning? Yes. No, it's not because they're heavy favorites. They're like minus 190, okay. so it's not really worth it. It's not, it's not worth the juice to squeeze. So. Okay. Three goals. Three goals. I'm Sets. taking. It, I'm putting $20 on it. I'm going to win 1950 on it and uh, roll, roll, you know, build my empire from there. Okay. Speak it into existence. It, well, yeah, speak it into existence. Sorry I cut you off, Chance. Oh, um, but after you get off work, so that game is at 12 o'clock, yep. right? So that's your lunchtime. That's I'm going to you know, get a little bit of sports in. Uh, Chance, after work, what did you say that you wanted to uh, go over with everybody? What are you going to be watching tomorrow um, evening? So I'm on my football picks right now, right? It, it, it's early August. Well, well, damn, actually, if you think about it, by this weekend, it'll be the middle of August, which is even crazier. <laughs> but I'm kind of happy because 2020 <laughs> can't be over soon enough. Right. Um, but, you know, I'm used to, like, two-a-days or hearing about, like, who's reporting the training camp. Um, but obviously COVID has impacted that. But today – debuting on or actually tonight debuting on HBO is the hard knocks series with two teams this time, which is kind of interesting, the Rams and the Chargers. And that just lets you know why I don't fuck with LA football because it's so boring that you have to put two teams on hard knocks. But I think it's going to be very interesting. Uh, Both teams have crazy storylines. The Rams they drafted or no, they did draft, excuse me, the Chargers drafted. Justin Herbert, mm-hmm. so I had him, Tyrod Taylor, Anthony Lynn maybe on the hot seat. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. Most and then likely. on the other side, you know, you have the, the the Rams that just underwhelmed last year. Todd Gurley's gone. We wonder now if, if Boy Wonder, Sean McVay has been figured out. Has the lead caught up to him? Um, are they going to have a bounce back year? The only true dog that I know that they have on their team is Aaron Donald. So – uh, I'm, I'm can't wait to watch it, man. I'll, I honestly love pretty much all HBO content, but I really love Hard Knocks, so I'm looking forward to it. And it's it's interesting just because I think they're the reason why they have two teams is they wouldn't have enough footage because you can't you know you can't be there. There's not a lot of people, camera people and stuff going in and out of the facilities because of COVID and things like that. So I'm glad that they do have enough stuff to fill at least an episode and obviously the whole season. And I'm just really intrigued by the COVID stuff too, because everybody's training outside. They have these little tents set up. You kind of see it on the Instagrams of teams. I follow the 49ers, for example, and you see them working out outside and things like that. But yeah, and just seeing the preview, seeing Aaron Donald outside working out, some of the players just yapping back and forth. It's going to be interesting to see how the NFL, specifically, obviously, these two teams are running it right now. Absolutely. And one thing I also will tell you is it's going to be interesting because there is no preseason this year, mm-hmm. right? So, like, and I feel like 
those games are the games that these players who are on the fringe can kind of showcase their talent to see whether they're going to make the team or make a team in the NFL. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how those guys, how those fringe guys who don't have a guaranteed contract or who aren't, you know, guaranteed, you know, roster guys, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say that I think that, yeah, one of those coaches is not going to be here next offseason. Is that a bold prediction? Um, no, not, it's not bold yet. It's not bold yet, but um, it's warming up. It's warming up to a bold prediction. Um, and I don't think it's going to be Anthony Lynn. Um, I'm, I would be. No, oh, no, no way that McVay goes. You don't no think so? way, no way, dude. I, I think I think Lynn goes for sure. I think what, you are you are correct. One of them will go. I think it's Lynn, and McVay has another year after him, and then that's it. I, my question, more than anything, is what's QB one look like for the Rams in, in his health, right? Or is meant like for the Rams? Jared Rams. Goff. Yeah, Jared he's, Goff. He's healthy, isn't he? I mean, he's got that banged up knee, and I think I think ever since he had it, it's it's been a mindfuck for him. I've never watched any of the Hard Knocks. I've seen like one or two episodes. I, you're right; it's going to be interesting to watch. I don't know if I'm going to watch it per se, but I want to see. They're still going to have scrimmages, though, yeah, between the, the two teams. I know they're not having like. I don't think they're going to have inter squad scrimmages like they've nothing. had in previous years. No. Interesting. That's it's going to be like that. making your team in high school, bro. That's what I'm saying. It's interesting because it's. You know, they use that as kind of like a, a, a benchmark or a gauge to see if these guys who are on the fringe can play. So I think the key to that is conditioning. That's all. That's all I can say. Like I'd be fuck, fuck hitting people, run all like all day every day. It's just something different. That's the beauty of this year's hard knocks. We're gonna for hear. Sure. We're gonna hear the um, the pads hitting eventually. We're gonna hear the whistles blowing. So that wraps up Wednesday evening. Actually, Chance, I'm I'm glad that you brought that up because that sounds like something great to watch tomorrow night. Thursday, let's start it off with your game. You rolled the dice, and you ended up with a Thursday selection. What did you go with? So my game for Thursday is going to be 6 p.m. on TNT. It is the Dame Lillard, Dollar Dame Blazers versus the Nets. Um, Because, look, man, here's the thing. I like Dame Dillard, and I've, I've grown to love him even more over the past, I would say, week. Um, him going at Paul George. <laughs> And Pat Beverly, who? <laughs> um, you know, and I shout out to you, Pat Beverly. I know your story, your hard worker, but like, come on, man. Dame Lillard is that guy. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw what he said to Paul George in his tweet, but he pretty much called him a chump. Yeah. Because he was, you know, jumping teams, trying to win a championship. And Dame Lillard is, you know, of a mindset of the old fashioned way. He's going to stick it out in Portland. Mm-hmm. He's going to try to get guys to come there or do it organically. But they're going to be playing a, a Nets team. Both teams, by the way, are five and two. That uh, is had an unexpected, uh, surprisingly good season uh, post bubble. Um, they're five and two, and they're actually in the playoffs. And they fired their old coach Kenny Atkinson, the new coach Jock Vaughn, who played in the league for a long time and went to Kansas. Um, has got those guys playing well, so I think it'd be an interesting matchup. I want to see if Dame can keep up his pace, his toward pace, man. He's lighting things on fire right now, in my opinion. He's probably the MVP. Like if you were just looking at the bubble of the bubble of the bubble, ooh, more so um, than more so than uh, Devin Brooks, Devin Booker, De- Devin Booker. Sorry, yeah. <sighs> you know I'm, what? I'm just saying they're they're one. They're one. <laughs> he scored one 61 a. points today, so there is an argument to say that Dame Lillard is oh no I'm, is I'm, the I'm, one pushing that. I'm not uh, saying nothing, but I'm saying only because what Devin Booker's done well, and, and he, the Suns are six and zero since this. They, actually, seven zero after today. They might have a shot. They like it's shot. you know it's it's out there, but like the the Blazers are in, but. So who, I, who do you have winning tomorrow? Well, the Blazers aren't in. The, no, let no, me no. just throw this in real no, quick. The, right still, yes, but this is the beauty of this Thursday, too. I know we're only going to talk about one game, but Thursday you have Portland versus the Nets. You have Dallas versus Phoenix. You have Milwaukee versus Memphis and San Antonio versus Utah. All four of those teams, San Antonio, Memphis, Phoenix, and Portland, are playing for their lives all on Thursday. It's going to be awesome. Two 1 p.m. games, one 3.30 game, and one 6 p.m. game. If any of those teams lose, they're out. That's the beauty of this Thursday. All four of those teams are playing for their lives. So we, we are getting March Madness in a way. Facts. Facts. With that being said, I am going to go with Portland, though, just okay. because I feel like Dame Lillard is not going to let <laughs> any other guard, like, even get close to him, bro. Like, I just think that he's just like, these suckers cannot play with me. They're not on my level. Uh, Jalen Rose, Jay Williams, Paul Pierce, random guys all have them have have him as their top 
player right now in the bubble. I just I just can't see Portland. He right um, he, he wants to be the big man on campus. That, that's what it is. But but Brooklyn's set right. They're in the playoffs no matter what happens. Yes, yes, because the East no, is set. Portland Portland's gonna win this game just because they have a they have much more drive to to get there. So I, I like this game though. And you're right, Dame has been man. off the chain, like legit. All right. Well, I chose a way different route for my Thursday game. I went to a more slow sport. I'm taking the uh, San Diego Padres versus the Los Angeles Dodgers, 6.40 p.m. And I got a couple names for you guys. Um, Chris Paddock, the pitchers for the Padres, he is a rookie sensation. He is going to end up probably after his rookie contract is up, he's going to end up on a blockbuster team. That's the kind of talent he has. Going up against Clayton Kershaw. Now, we touched upon Clayton <laughs> Kershaw a lot in the beginning of the show. So we're not going to talk so much about Kershaw and the Dodgers. We're going to talk about what Flores came in here saying, that the Padres are for real. Because Flores is actually a San Francisco Giants fan. We're Dodger fans. So between all of us, we see a lot of Padres baseball. And the West is for real. Because not only them, the Colorado Rockies as well. Obviously, the Dodgers. Even a lot of people thought Arizona was going to do something this year. They signed Madison Bumgarner, who just went down this week uh, to the IL. The Giants, everybody thought was going to be in last place. But, you know, when they get out of the division, they stomp out teams like the Rangers. They just unfortunately lost to the Astros yesterday. I think they're going to lose today. But, again, the West is stacked. The Padres with Tatis, with Machado, they're doing their thing. The Rockies, they have their stars. They have Blackman, Arnato. They are all just surprisingly stacked this year. And we're going to go down to the wire. And the beauty of this MLB season is that Every game that you're looking at matters. That yeah. is so rare in baseball, and I love it. So Tatis is hitting – he's hit half of his games with a home run. Eight home runs out of 16 games. This guy is on fire right now. This guy has a hell of a bat. He's probably going to be the future face of baseball. He, um, If I'm not mistaken, his dad was yes, Fernando Tatis. Yes, the with, Fernando with The Tatis. Fernando Tatis from the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, right? So – Real quick story on that. I saw him play against the Dodgers one night. This guy hits two home runs, and one of them in the same inning, mind you, same inning, two home runs, and one of them. I think I remember that game. Hits, yeah. goes out of the park. Like it hits, it hits the back part of the, and then it goes into the parking lot. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit! And I was 13, 12 at the time. Steroids are a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> so. I guess the other way to describe this baseball game is star power because the Dodgers have it, the Padres have it, and the one thing that I haven't even mentioned yet is with the way the game is going tonight, Tuesday night, this Thursday game could very well be for sole possession of um, the NL West first place, which what Flores just said is that every game is very crucial. So that that wraps up Thursday. You have really good basketball. You have this West Coast um, pitching matchup going on between the Dodgers and the Padres. We're moving into Friday. Andres, once again, you can count on him for those soccer bets. 12 p.m. Friday afternoon, Andres, lay it on us. I mean, I don't know how. Look, I, I want to paint you a picture, okay, real quick. you got two great storied franchises in the history of soccer league games in ever time, okay? Barcelona, the infamous Barcelona with Messi. Messi is playing – Lights out as he always is, and they're going up against the almighty German team, Bayern Munich. Lewandowski, like I said earlier, they haven't lost, right? They haven't lost dude. since the restart. Since the restart, Barcelona lost the, the La Liga to um, Real Madrid, but Bayern Munich is on a whole different level. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a great game to watch. Both teams have won this tournament multiple times in their historical. Uh, foundation everybody else that's left in the field have never won this tournament so either barcelona or byron has a very big opportunity to go above and beyond look guys all i'm telling you this is like the lakers versus the celtics and finals pat go ahead you're wearing your lakers jersey so i think i think that's what sparked conversation for you the first soccer league to return to action was bundesliga Mm -hmm. and Bayern Munich has not – they just have not ceased. They've been on a streak ever since the restart. 
I actually would say that they're going to win this match by two goals or more. Ooh, wow. That is – that's impressive. That would be a that, bet. That, that's, that's, that would be something to chase. That's a bold prediction. That's a bold prediction. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give that to you if you want to take that. I'll put my name next to that. Oh, wow. I'll so, put my name next to so that. To win by two goals or more. To win by two goals or more. Wow. Okay. okay. So that would earn me seven points. Yeah. And the first to 21 is the yeah. champion. Where are you guys between you and Chance on that? Um, Chance and I had bold predictions right. two shows ago, yeah. and they were actually two bold. Um, no, <laughs> there were two balls that didn't happen. Nobody scored anything. <laughs> so um, I'll definitely uh, I'll put yeah I'll put that one. Okay, now Friday evening, more baseball, more West Coast rivalry in a different sense. Chance, what are you watching Friday night? Friday night, six forty p.m. Pacific Standard Time on FS1. Although <laughs> it might be blacked out, it probably will be blacked out. <laughs> Um, so hoping, hopefully maybe you have the money here. So I don't know. Um, it's going to be Dodgers Angels, known as the Freeway Series. Right, boys? I'm not from out here. That's yeah, correct. Okay. I'm going to call it the KY Clash because for the Dodgers, you got my man. You got the Kentucky Clash, baby. You got my man. Oh! Uh, you got your boy, uh, Walker Bueller. Bueller from, from Lexington, Lex Vegas. And then you got my boy, Joe Adele, who was recently called up uh, on the Angels out in the outfield. I don't know if you guys saw this, uh, this not a mistake, mistake, but bonehead play that he made unintentionally with his glove where he tried to catch the ball. It bounced off his glove and went over the wall. Hey, that, that, and, hey, you know, at least it didn't hit his head like Conseco. Like Conseco, I know. Yeah. And he's a rookie. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's one of his, you know, his first few games, so it happens. But um, you obviously get the star power mm -hmm. of all the, the Dodger players, Mookie Betts. Walker Bueller, you know, uh, Bellinger. Although I did read that uh, my boy Corey Seager is hurt again. Always. Always hurt Corey Seager. Yeah, just in the middle of a game, his back just went out. I, I was listening his to the radio. And, yeah, his, his back just tightened up, and they took him out of the game in the middle of the game. He didn't even argue it, nothing. He just walked right off the field, and he hasn't been back since. This kid's younger than me. Bro, he's a young boy. He's got back problems. He has and, back problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah from problem? carrying the team, dude. Yeah. Nobody else <laughs> nobody else is hitting for shit except Pollock. And then, obviously, with the Angels, you got the, what's up, guys, Mike Trout. <laughs> you know, so uh, Mike Trout. Rendon. Rendon, Pujols. And the almighty Japanese. Otani, who just banged out a three-run homer yesterday that tied up the game that the Angels eventually won, baby. Oh, I want to hit the yellow, but super, I can't. Super fan, Otani. If you, if you don't have one yet, I think we have one, and he happens to be a Giants fan. But. He's the man. I can't wait till Otani comes to the Dodgers. <laughs> All right, well, I mean, damn. Um, Friday Night Lights, Friday Night Star Power. Who do you have winning, though, Chance? You got to make a decision. I'm going to go with the Dodgers. I think my man Walker Bueller is going to pull it out. Um I agree we'll with you on that. I agree with you. We'll see. We'll see. But I feel like that I feel like the, the pitching this year has been spotty at best for the is, Dodgers. Is this game at Dodgers State or is it in Anaheim? That's a good question. I believe it's in Anaheim. I'm not too sure. I think it's in Anaheim. Who sits right now with only like five or six victories? Yeah, it doesn't really matter anyway. So if, the Dodgers, <laughs> if the Dodgers this lose, season, yeah. If the Dodgers lose the series to Anaheim this weekend, um, I'll be pissed because my cousins, <laughs> listeners from day one, Andrew and Andrew, um, they're both Angels fans, and they will talk hella shit. And our friend Adolfo, oh, he's been on the show multiple yeah, times. Yeah. Still can't tell you, um, Adolfo, if he's an Angels fan or, or a Yankees, Yankees fan. fan. Yeah. So, moving on to Saturday, Andres, hockey, my man, what's up? Playoffs, that's what's up. The wonderful Golden Knights of Las Vegas is facing game three of the Stanley Cup playoffs. The almighty Chicago Blackhawks. Flores, to the left of me, is wearing his infamous all-blacked-out Chicago Blackhawks cap. We've got plenty of listeners who are Blackhawks fans. They're losing right now, currently. 2-0. 2-1. 2-1. All right, get it right. Oh, 2-1. It just happened. I'm sorry. My back is turned, so I don't know what's going on. I My back is turned to the TV. I know it was 2-0. Thank you, Flores, for the update of 2-1. This is going to be a great series. The newly aged hockey in Vegas, in the desert, right? The Oasis. This team has been lights out since its creation. Mm -hmm. They have a hell of a goalie in uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. And they just know how to, they know how to play and they know how to win. The Blackhawks, what can you say? Chance, you think that they have the greatest jerseys of all time in, in hockey, right? Oh, hands down, man. You can't compete with it. So <laughs> you got jerseys and hockey, tradition, 
every which way across, everything you want in a playoff series. Go ahead. You're beaming, Pat. And they're hot. They just won the series to put them in the playoffs. They did. They're the so, right. They have a hot hand right now. Look, this would be a great series. I don't expect this to go to five. I do expect uh, the Knights to advance and do this. So, sorry, uh, all you Blackhawks fans. I'm taking the Golden Knights on, on Saturday. I, this might be a, a clean sweep at 3-0. What? Uh, only because I, I like the goalkeeping in, in Marc-Andre Fleury. I think there's no better goaltender uh, than him right now. Okay, I mean, I I don't know. I think that the Blackhawks take it five games, but I think the Knights still advance. Um, so that starts at 5 o'clock. Flores has a boxing match. Thank God boxing is back on Saturday night. There we go, and it's back on Showtime. So we're not watching it on ESPN Plus, the app, or the Zone app or something. This is finally HBO went out of the boxing game, but we still have Showtime. Some great announcers. They just got rid of Pauly Malinaji for some insensitive comments that he made. I really, really liked him as an announcer, so it sucks that he's gone. What were those comments? I didn't hear that. Um, pretty much what he said was that they're – isn't as much racial inequality in the U.S. as people are making it seem to be. And it, it was all stemming from uh, a fighter named Devin Haney that said, I would never let a white boy beat me. And then Pauli Malinaji was said, imagine somebody saying that against a black fighter. And that's what kind of sparked that conversation. And he also went into saying just everything related to boxing, that it boxing is a microcosm of what the U.S. is and everybody should get along and things like that. There isn't that much racial inequality. But obviously, a lot of boxers came to Showtime, and they're the ones that have pool and told Showtime, we don't want him calling fights or else we're not coming to Showtime. So they had to do what they had to do. So just, you know, is what it is on that end. But we do have boxing back on Showtime, and we have a major fight that a lot of people might not know who these fighters are, but you should. David Benavidez is a champion, a really young champion, too. He's fighting a guy by the name of Romer Alexis Angulo for his WBC super middleweight title. The WBC is the cooler of the belts. It's the green one. It's the one that Mayweather had. It's the one that Deontay Wilder just lost to Fury. It's the one that matters a lot of the times. It's the lineal one, the oldest one, I guess you can say. But the reason why this is big is that this super middleweight division is one of the biggest and most profitable ones. You can say the welterweight division is with a lot of the champions, the Errol Spences, the Terrence Crawfords, the Manny Pacquiao still around. But super middleweight, middleweight, light heavyweight in a way. The reason why these are big is because these are all potential Canelo opponents. And the boxing world revolves around Canelo. Yeah. So David Benavidez, he is a champion there in the super middleweight division. They also have Billy Joe Saunders, who a lot of people have linked to a fight with Canelo recently. They also have uh, Gilberto Zurdo Ramirez, who's trying to go up um, to light heavyweight. Yeah, that dude, is he's undefeated, but he got stripped, quote unquote, of the title and given to Billy Joe Saunders because he wanted to go up and wait. So there's a lot of good fighters in the super middleweight division. David Benavidez being one of them. He was caught doing cocaine a couple years ago and he had a little suspension, but now he's gotten his career back on track. He was like 21 at the time and he was already a champion. So in boxing, it's really hard to do that at a young age. Just shows how good he is. We have a, another title fight, Romero versus J Jackson Marinez for the vacant WBA interim lightweight title. And also Otto Whalen is fighting Travis Kaufman. Otto Whalen is famous because he took Tyson Fury deep a couple of years ago in a fight, cut his eye exactly, was a much tougher fight, it seemed, than Deontay Wilder was recently. So he's, he's trying to get his career back on track. Um, good night of fighting. And again, you can catch some good, good announcers on Showtime, which sometimes that's what boxing is missing too. Who you got, who you got though? I definitely have David Benavides. That dude is just is the, the man. Oh yeah. He is definitely the favorite by far. Oh, some of these, again, a lot of these fights coming up on Showtime, they are one-sided. And oh, okay. a lot of it is just because the money isn't there to make these big fights right now, because there isn't a gate. There isn't, you know, a lot of eyes being put to boxing right now. So a lot of times they rely heavily they rely heavily on the gate of a fight, meaning the fans coming and actually watching the fight. So when that isn't there, there's a lot of disputes going on right now. I mean, Vasily Lomachenko right now is having a dispute uh, to fight in his fight. Ryan Garcia is also having a dispute to fight in his fight because 
they had these contracts and now the promoters can't live up to that because they don't have these TV contracts like the NFL and the NBA do. A guy who you don't believe in, might I add, right? Yeah, and he has to he has to prove himself. I mean, he's gonna fight a guy, uh, Luke Campbell, who he did lose to Lomachenko, but he's still finally a name that Ryan Garcia can actually be proud of. Ryan Garcia does not have a fight that he can be proud of so far. It, it, his actions, yes, but not the opponents. So, so real quick, I can't make any money on this fight. Then it's gonna be this. No, I I, I would I say want, you can't. I, I would say you can't, but you can make it on the under. Ooh, what's the under? I, I don't know the under, but a lot of the times that's the way to go. Is looking at the over under, it's usually between six and nine rounds on this one. I would probably say go the under on it. How about William? Otto. Do I have a chance? Otto Wayland? I mean, Travis Coffin, I'm not too familiar with. You can maybe parlay Benavides and Otto Wayland, too. We'll do that. I trust you, buddy. <laughs> okay, so I was just going to ask you for your parlay. Make sure you send it to us so I can post it on Instagram on Saturday. We can get Flores' parlay out there. See if it hits, because it sounds like that might be the only way to make money on Saturday night, right? Yeah, I mean, there's other fights. Just really quick, want to throw this in. Cecilia Brakas is fighting on the zone two. She holds the WBC, WBA, WBO, IBF, welterweight titles. Probably the most renowned women fighter right now. Maybe not in the United States because the U.S. isn't that big on women fighting, but internationally. Everybody knows who she is. Also, we have Carl Frampton fighting on ESPN Plus. So it's three different networks, quote unquote, having boxing fights that night. Michael Conlin is also fighting on ESPN Plus. He's an Irish up and coming fighter. Conor McGregor's behind him. A lot of these fighters are behind Michael Conlin. He is going to be a star in the next up and coming years. So there's a lot of boxing on Saturday that you get to choose from. Um, there's going to be baseball. And there's something else that's going to happen on Saturday. And we're actually going to cover that and our Sunday action right on the other side of this quick break. If you enjoy listening to the show, please subscribe to us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search Weekend Starts on Wednesday. You can keep up with all of our entertainment, all of our posts, and all of our stories. Again, Instagram, Facebook, Weekend Starts on Wednesday. part about this show is when we get to paint a picture for our audience we are sports junkies we want to take you through the mind of what we are looking forward to so flores paint us the picture for sunday i'm stroking the brush but you can't see it right now baby But, all right, this is the beauty of what's going on in the NBA. We're probably never going to see this again. We were talking a little earlier about how maybe should the NBA implement this going forward, the eight versus nine play-in game. I I personally don't think it's the best idea just because that's why you play an 82-game regular season that already seems a little too long. But I can also see the beauty of it because you've seen in the major leagues with the wild card play-in game how exciting that can be. But – Regardless, this year we have, again, on Thursday, all these teams playing Portland, Phoenix, Memphis, San Antonio, and they're all playing for the right to play on Saturday. Now, granted, we're talking about Sunday here, but Saturday is what you call the playing game for the Western Conference playoffs. The number eight seed versus the number nine seed. We don't know what those teams are going to be yet, which is the first part of the beauty. The second part of it is, let's say, I believe it's going to be Memphis versus Portland. Because if Memphis beats Milwaukee, and Milwaukee's probably going to sit all their players because they've already clinched everything. Uh, Gianna's got kicked out of the game today for headbutting somebody. So they're probably going to let him catch his cool, you know, do what he has to do. But Memphis will probably win that game, which ensures that they're going to play. Okay. Portland is probably going to be Brooklyn, even though Brooklyn, I know, Andres, earlier you said that, you know, they already clinched their spot, but they're playing a bunch of just guys out there. No (laughs) stars, no anybody. So those guys don't give a shit that they've already clinched. They're still going to go out and play hard. They smashed Orlando today. Should have bet on them. That's another story. But if Memphis wins, Portland wins, they're playing on Saturday. Memphis will be the eighth seed. Portland will be the ninth seed. If Portland then beats Memphis on Saturday, they then come and play again, run it back on Sunday. And 
if Memphis beats um, them on Sunday, obviously they proceed because all Memphis has to do is win one of those games. Portland is the one that has to win two of them. It's the weirdest situation ever, but pretty much just to recap that, if Memphis wins on Saturday, there is no game on Sunday or whoever the eighth seed is. Let's say if Memphis loses and Portland wins and Phoenix wins, then it's going to be Portland as the eighth seed, Phoenix is the ninth seed, and Portland will have to beat Phoenix only one game. It's, again, the weirdest thing ever, but just look out for that Saturday game. And if the number nine seed wins Saturday, there's going to be a one-game playoff on Sunday, which you never see in the NBA. You only see it for game sevens after a long series. But for a one-game to go to the next round, is incredible, and you probably will never see it again. That's that's what I want to see because I know that there's going to be a game on Sunday. There has to be. There's I'm no way the it Suns, ends. Though. I'm the Suns. I know. Me too. I feel you on that, Andres, because to me, that's a more dangerous matchup for Portland mm -hmm. than and Memphis, Memphis is. Yep. Like, I love Ja. He's going to win Rookie of the Year. He's, got nobody. He's super dangerous, but he, he has nobody. He lost his best player in Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr., but Devin Booker is a matchup problem. Yep. There is no, I love Dame, but Dame's only 6'3. Devin Booker is a smooth 6'6, 6'7, pure shooter who has a Kobe like mentality. Mm -hmm. He talks about all the time how Kobe was his mentor, how he looked up to Kobe. Like that kid is a killer, man. And I want to hate him because he went to Kentucky, but I can't because that dude is a <laughs> fucking ball. You know, I'm going to use that as my bold prediction that it's going to be. Uh, Phoenix and Portland in that in game. Are you are you taking the bold prediction I'm of, taking, of Phoenix taking, winning? Of, no, just Phoenix getting in and against Portland for because everybody's thinking Memphis. Wait, wait, you can't back. just take a bold prediction. You have to ask us. Oh, if I, that's okay. bold enough. I, I, may may so I have? See, may it, I have? That, I can't speak for prediction. everyone. It's not bold. Enough. It would be bold enough for me if you were like they're going to win. Yeah, just say that. But I don't know if they're going to even make it again. Well, I'm, I'm it's not bold. Bro. Then, yeah, I mean, Mem Memphis, granted, Memphis is playing Milwaukee without Giannis, but Milwaukee still is the number one team, I think, in the NBA, actually. Yeah, so facts. it's not that bold to say Memphis might lose and it's Portland and Phoenix moving in there. But, yes, you guys are right. It would be bold if you do take Phoenix to win, which I I actually think could could definitely happen. If, if, you know what? I'll, I'll go on a limb. Yeah, because we have to I'm gonna go. All right, I'm going to go on a limb, and I'm going to say that Phoenix – wins that in game and moves on as the eighth seed or whatever seed to, to face the Lakers in the first round. Is that bold enough? Yes, that's bold right. enough. And let me just do a quick rant. You guys can catch it on our IG too, but I really hate everybody talking about the fact that Portland is such a dangerous matchup for the Lakers and the Lakers better be careful for Dame Lillard. The Lakers are going to sweep the Blazers. The Lakers are going to sweep the Suns. The Lakers are going to sweep whoever the fuck comes out of that playing game. Let's be clear on that. LeBron is going to turn on zero dark 30 when it comes to the playoffs, even though not officially, but it's just going to be a completely different world. And everybody talking about Portland, the only thing that they added is this fringe all-star center of Nurkic. Other than that, they've had Melo all year. They've had all these players, McCollum, all year, and they still had a trash losing record. They went into the bubble with a losing record. Remember that. Yeah. They are not that good. They've just beaten bench teams. They've beaten the Nuggets bench. They lost to the Clippers bench. They lost to the Celtics. They barely beat the Rockets on in the last minute. They haven't had a good victory this whole time in the bubble. It's just littered has been going off. Other than that, they have not been special. Stop it. <laughs> okay, so yes. Going to um, <laughs> Sunday night. So that's what can happen Sunday during the day. Now, Sunday night is a 4 p.m. baseball game between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees. A couple weeks ago, Chance and I actually highlighted this game because it'll never get old. It's always going to be a historic or storied uh, rival matchup. I have some Yankee players on my fantasy team, so that's exactly why I chose this game. Not only do I have Yankee players, I'm actually playing my sister, um, Erica, in fantasy baseball. In your other league. In, in the other league. The league that you're cheating on, Lord. The league that I won, <laughs> the league that I won last year, she has a lot of Yankees players. So if it's a close game, we're both going to be keeping our eye on that one, and I can then beat Pablo in our league. Beat Pablo, fuck Pablo. Send Pablo. him, send him home. <laughs> oh and three to start the season for all that shit he was talking. That's why I'm watching that game now. So we got Yankee players. 
I got Yankee players. I don't I'm, have rooting, any, I'm rooting for the Yankees. I don't have any Red Sox players. I'm rooting for the Yankees only because I want you to beat Pablo <laughs> at any given cost. I want you, Pablo, to beat 0 and 3. I'm sure you're not listening, but if you are, you're going to go 0 and 3. That's not a bold prediction, just legit fact. <laughs> I love it. I love it. From your lips to <laughs> God's ears. All right. So the grand finale. If you cannot watch the Yankees game on Sunday night, if you cannot watch Barcelona versus Bayern Munich, if you cannot watch the Angels-Dodgers game, at least watch this. This is why it is the grand finale. Everyone's looking forward to it. And I got to say, I'm paying a lot of respect to UFC because UFC held it down throughout the whole COVID, gave us stuff to watch. Gave us stuff to talk about. They're still holding it down. And Flores, this is all you. What are the highlights and most important things to take away from the Saturday night event? So the one thing with the earlier news of Mike Tyson and Roy Jones being pushed back, if you guys know fighting, when it comes to the heavyweight champion of either boxing back in the day or UFC now, that is the baddest man on the planet. Why is that? Because people talk about pound for pound, this fighter, uh, Vasily Lomachenko, pound for pound, Terrence Crawford, pound for pound. But you get, you know what? If you get in the ring, a 147-pounder versus a 200-pounder, that 147-pounder, I don't care how fucking good you are pound for pound, you're still getting stomped out because the heavyweight champion is just that big. And in UFC... In a street fight, any UFC fighter could beat a boxing fighter. I'm just going to put that out there. I love boxing to death, but UFC is just on another level. All the different techniques that go into it, mixed martial arts. It's called that for a reason. And we have here Cormier versus Miocic 3. Okay, they've beaten one another one time each. They've knocked the other one out. Cormier obviously has those two losses, his only two losses of his career. He's 22-2, and two, both to John Jones, who might be the greatest MMA fighter of all time. <laughs> Thanks, Chance, but John Jones, that's just another story. And, and, and by the way, they're, they're talking about whoever wins this fight might fight John Jones in John Jones' first heavyweight fight. So keep an eye on another reason to watch this. But Cormier lost the last fight he lost the second fight of this trilogy the first fight he came in not a lot of people gave him a chance he was kind of new to the heavyweight division he had always fought light heavyweight with john jones and all those guys there so he decided to move up he's kind of a pudgy guy you know so he, he felt he can take it he's 5'11 versus miocic's 6'4 height but they both weigh about the same doesn't matter why because cormier knocked miocic out the fuck out in the first round of their first fight all right, Mia Chich then came in their second fight, took him to the fourth, maybe fifth round, finally knocked him out. Same, clean. These guys actually go at it. They're not doing here the Khabib where they go on the ground and all that stuff. These guys are actually fighting, so it's going to be a very, very, very entertaining fight. It's the trilogy. It's the biggest UFC fight of the year, to be honest with you. There may be other bigger names and all this stuff, but as far as a combined one versus one fighter this is definitely the biggest fight of the year especially because it's a trilogy and again because it's for the heavyweight title of the ufc and it's an even betting fight too miachitz is minus 105 cormier is minus 115 it does not get more even more 50 50 than that guys so the the ultimate question is who you got Ooh, <laughs> who do you who do you guys got first before i go I'm, I'm going with the guy that that is co- closer to the ground. The 5'11 bulldog guy. <laughs> that one sounds good. And he lost last fight, right? He did. Okay. He did. He did. So, you know, I love my chips on the shoulder. I- I'm going to go with Miocic. Uh, one, it's against Pat. Two, <laughs> um, he, he can't, he's already fought prior to this fight, Miocic. And he, he won his foul. Fight right, right, uh, Flores. He, he fought and, and won. Cormier yes. hasn't fought since this whole thing started, right? Yeah, He's, and 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 I think that's that's the difference maker because Miocic has has one fight under his belt. He's he knows what it's like. He's got the conditioning down. I don't know what Cormier's conditioning is. So I don't that, know what he looks like after, since this whole COVID. I don't know if he's eating thirty In and Out burgers. You know what I mean? I just don't know what he looks like and how he stands. But Cormier got to see Miocic fight. It's and and Miocic hasn't got to see Cormier fight. 
So there can be some secrets in there that here's the thing he though. Can... Miocic though in his last fight didn't perform the way that he wanted to, right? For us, he actually it actually went the distance. Yeah. So so I think because of that, it, it forced him to say, "I can't fuck around this time around," right? Like I got away. I, I was lucky to get away with one, knowing what I dealt with Cormier before and my two previous fights. What I did this last fight without a, a big name. I, I got to step it up. So I think that's in the back of his mind. And I think that's training him harder. That's why I'm taking Miocic on top of everything. Besides the, the height and the length and the reach, that's all beneficial. But I think knowing that he had to fucking step it up now is going to be the difference maker. So I don't know, Chance, you, you're looking at me funny a little bit, but. Well, just because I feel like, I feel like length and, and reach and MMA is overrated. I feel like that it matters more in boxing than it would in MMA sure. because of, of the technical rules that go within boxing. Facts. It, it, um, it is because you're right. If they went to the ground, legs play a big difference. But because these guys are going heavy, blow to blow, one after another, that you're absolutely right. As long as Cormier can get underneath and play, stay in the pocket. Stay in the pocket. Stay in absolutely. the pocket. So, so, but I do have a question. Cormier's only lost two fights his whole career? Yep. MMA career, yes. Okay. And one was to... They were both to John Jones. Okay. And That's one, the only... Oh, 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 no. To, to Miocic, yes. Okay. Okay. Because right. one was declared a no contest because of Jones's steroid usage and all that and shit. Miocic's only lost three in his career. So it's, it's pretty even. And, and the other beauty of it is... There's a guy named Francis Ngannou that some of you may have heard of. He's all over the commercial stuff like that. Miocic beat that guy. Okay, so these guys have wiped out everybody else in the division. Cormier, uh, also this weekend, Derek Lewis fought uh, the Black Beast, and he won. Cormier beat that guy. So these guys have both combined beat everybody else that's a name in that division. So you can't say, oh, they would lose to this guy, they would lose to that guy, because they beat everybody else. And as far as what you're saying and you're judging Cormier, I know I called him a bigger guy, but this guy was an Olympic wrestler so when it comes to having the dedication having the nutritional part of it and and really going out there and proving himself in that aspect i would not doubt cormier when it comes to that and these are bigger guys they're both going to get tired it's not like they're going to go the distance and, and look just so light on their feet so you don't think that this fight can go the distance i i mean it had, did it had, didn't had the last hand. two it didn't the last two so i would probably say that if you do bet the over, you might get a nice little return yeah, on it. And that's what I was looking at because I personally think because it's a fight three, right? Traditionally, whenever these fights are fixed, whether it's boxing or otherwise, <laughs> if they haven't had the first two fights, it's all been knocked out before the fifth round. I'm If I'm a betting man, I'm going the distance, and I'm going to put my money on the distance and, and be a decision. I don't care who wins. Let me get to the fifth round. Let me see the triple zeros. And let's go to the, the scoring card. Chance, he's saying if I was a betting man. Man. Well, we yeah. all, that's why we you're all sitting know, here. Yeah, that's what you do. Um, <laughs> but it's for that reason that Cormier lost his last fight um, that I think he's going to win. And I just think that it, let's take your instance, Andres. Let's say it does go, you know, the, the, the entirety of the yep. distance. To me, the guy who has the better ground game has the advantage of that because you can just tire your guy out with submissions, with different Okay, if it goes the distance, which I'm hoping it does, because now that now you got the, the wheels spinning in my head, <laughs> I think Cormier wins, and I'll put money on him winning the decision more so than the actual fight going under. If it goes the decision, I think Cormier wins the fight, and I don't think you guys are wrong on that at all. My buddy, former Iraq uh, uh, assistant manager Ryan Collins, former junior national championship jiu-jitsu, trained with the Gracies, always said that tall guys were always susceptible against small guys in MMA fights. So and, and that's why Cormier knocked his ass out in the first fight because he just got inside of him and he hit him with an uppercut, knocked him out. So back to who I would choose, yes. I'm riding with Cormier All on right, this one. You guys, I'm, I'm in. I'm going with Cormier. No, you can't switch it over. I'm switching it over. I'm going with Cormier. Let it be a round uh, robin. It's out in the universe. I'm not going to go against the wave on this. I'm going with I'll, I'll talk to Jimmy with the stat book and see if he can scratch off what you said at the, at the 15 minute mark. And uh, Flores is going to wrap up 
uh, the grand finale, and then we'll move on to Scumbags of the Night. And then in the co-main event of that awesome main event, we have Sugar Sean O'Malley. He's an undefeated U.S. American bantamweight, 12-0. Everybody's talking about this guy. He has the colored hair. He looks like 69 out there. <laughs> he's just he's a character. He's awesome. He's undefeated, and he's moving up the ranks. So make sure you guys tune in a little bit earlier. This is a pay-per-view. Keep that in mind. So Stream the shit out of it or go buy it, whatever you're going to do, but make sure you tune in for these last two fights. It's not a bad idea, but Sugar's just, he's a three to one yeah, favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah so uh, uh, you're going to have to if you're going to make any money off him. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of action on Saturday. If you follow us on Instagram and Facebook, we will keep you updated on everything. Now it's the fan favorite segment of the night uh scumbag of the night the scumbag of the night ruined your sports happiness the scumbag of the night came down and took it away from you uh chance and flores i believe you guys have candidates uh, who wants to go first i'll go first um and i feel like our scumbags of the night they kind of all play off <laughs> each other so um i'll start it it, it starts with baseball um the, the I don't know if it was, was it the Angels and the A's or it was the A's the and the Astros because the, the Astros are always around these right. days. always around and of course with the Astros but it was the Angel or excuse me the A's Astros game and after a uh, a great offensive play I don't know if it was a home run or just a guy scored bench coach Ryan Christensen for the A's decided to do the Sig Heel uh, Hail Hitler salute. Um, like the full-on salute. And then when one of the players tried to correct him, he then turned around and did it again and then gave some whack-ass, lame-ass excuse saying that he was trying to adapt to the COVID restrictions as to why he did it. Um, poor taste. And even worse, MLB hasn't done anything. The A's issued some, like, lukewarm, bullshit-ass statement. And Rob Manfred, I guess because he has – other bigger fish to fry hasn't commented on it. Like so, Joe Kelly not hitting anybody or anything. Like right, that. exactly. Right. So Ryan Christensen, you're my scumbag of the night. Know your history, man. Like you're a fucking idiot. And it, it doesn't when you say it, it doesn't necessarily sound bad. Because when I first heard it, I'm like, okay, when and I, what happened? It was the end of the game. That's what happened. And they were all kind of walking by one another and saluting because, you know, MLB baseball players do that at the end of every game. They get in the line like you're in Little League and you high five each other and do all that stuff. And that's what he was doing. At first, I'm like, all right, I could definitely see how somebody giving a high five, it could be misconstrued, you know, this, this and that. But once you actually see the video, it's just so apparent. Anybody with any type of brain raised here in the United States knows exactly what that is. And it is just so over the top blatant in that situation. It's embarrassing. Absolutely. And I'm going to make a bold prediction that, you know, maybe Ryan Christensen is part of the, the proud boys or, you know, something like QAnon, some, some oh, conspiracy that had nothing to do. That's a whole different category with regards to KKK. And if that's a KKK move. Well, maybe Russia even move. then. I mean, maybe yeah, yeah, maybe it's like, some type of appropriation of like, oh, I'm adopting this and then going to plead ignorance. Because sure. to, to, to Flores's point, there's no way. Yeah, he was, um, you don't know about that. He was, he was holding the salute for like style points. Yeah, it was. Like, it, was, it, was yeah. it was very obvious. Yeah. Um, so there's a, so unfortunately, that's a great scumbag, um, you know, to, to say. So, but he's probably a KKK or a Nazi member, so I'm gonna go with those. Yeah, like if any kid does that in a classroom, the teacher immediately sends them to the office. Like it's just so blatantly obvious. And like we were talking about, the A's have just been—they're one of the hottest teams in the major leagues right now. They're at the top of a lot of news stories. And they were also involved in what is now my scumbag of the night, another situation where um, Ramon Laureano was hit three times in two games. And in this game, he was hit twice in the back. So his second time, he's walking to first base and he's motioning to the pitcher how to throw the pitch, how to how to turn it. He's motioning to the pitcher angrily, don't get me wrong, but still, he's not necessarily going out of his way to talk shit to the pitcher. He's just telling him, dude, learn how to fucking throw a pitch. And unfortunately, the Astros hitting coach, Alex Cintron, for some reason, decides to start yapping from the bench. And 
from the dugout. What I don't like is the fact that you're a coach. Granted, you're a coach with adults, so it's a little different. If a coach in, in the college uh, uh, ranks did this, that would be even 10 times more embarrassing because then you're talking to kids. But still, you're talking to a guy who's a player and you're a coach. Coaches are supposed to set the standard for how you act, for how you behave, for the culture of the team, especially somebody this important. It's the hitting coach. You know what I mean? It's not like he's the third base, or which granted is just as important. Don't get me wrong, but you're not a backup this, this, and that. You are the hitting coach. You are supposed to set the standard, and you're outside of the dugout yapping more than any one of your players at this A's player who just got hit twice in this yeah. game. What are you doing? What are you doing? Exactly. I don't get why he would do that. He got a 20 game suspension, meaning he got suspended for a quarter of the season, meaning that if this was regular season, I guess you can say it would be 40 games. You know what I mean? So he deserves it. He made an absolute embarrassment of himself. Supposedly, he, he said something about Loriano's mother, and that's why Loriano just it went and... Sad. and in Spanish, and that's why Loriano just went and started running at him and had to get tackled by the Astros catcher, who they're friends. This guy Loriano was on the Astros a couple years ago, and this catcher, when he tackled Loriano, was like, are you good, man? Are you good? You're safe? Loriano was like, yeah, man, thank you. Loriano thanked him for preventing him from attacking this coach. So yeah. Alex Cintron, you're an absolute scumbag for not controlling yourself and setting the example as being a coach. Yeah, it is 100% correct because – from what I saw on that whole thing and the way the L'Oreal came out afterwards, I, I shouldn't have never allowed a coach to get me that way. Mm -hmm. Dude, this guy saw red. So I don't know what – he he clearly had to say something about his mother in Spanish because I read the whole article and he explained <laughs> about it and then Loriano knows only but Spanish. And I, Look, I'm sorry, man. Mothers and children in a game are, are off the table, right? You want to talk about trash all you want about me or anybody else, but – are you talking about my mom? Yeah. It's just going down. I don't care what it is. So, you know, I don't blame Loriano. So who do you uh, who do you vote for? Which scumbag uh, is greater? Let's start with you. Let's make it fast too. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the uh, the eight, or the Astros coach only because he says shit about mom. Okay. I'm going. I'm going. That's where that's where I draw the line. So. I'm I'm actually going not with mine. I'm going with that A's coach that did the uh, the Nazi salute because that's just absolutely embarrassing. That would have been my scumbag of the night too. And again, when it comes to what the guy said, the mothers and all that stuff, you say son of a bitch all the time. You know what I mean? You don't necessarily imply your mother's a bitch. You say hijo puta in Spanish all the time. You're not necessarily implying your mother is a puta. You know what I mean? So it, it's not more so what he said. It's just the fact that he was talking, period. Just shut your ass up. Yeah. So because of that, I don't necessarily think that what he was saying was that bad. It's more so he was talking. And this A's coach, though, that is just completely, completely unwarranted what he was doing with the uh, Nazi sign. Yeah, I mean, I can't go any different. Although I think that the, the guy from the Ace who charged the Astros guy, maybe he just did it because he was getting tired of being hit, right? Yeah, like, in the last two days, three times. Yeah, I mean, in the back or something, yeah, hit the foot like, or the arm. Like, stop, bro. You guys are the fucking Astros. No one likes you anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, there's that too. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, nothing. Ryan Christensen takes the cake, man. I just, I need MLB. I need Rob Manfred, who, like, when he was hired or selected, as the new commissioner, I was really happy because I had seen him in some interviews. He interviewed well. He wasn't uptight like the previous um, commissioners. He seemed like he was a forward thinker, an innovator. He was trying to grow the game. We were talking off off Mike Andres about how I feel like baseball needs to promote its stars better. Um, but I mean, this is just this is absurd, man. So it has to go to Ryan Christensen and the A's. Um, I agree. I, I mean, the the Oakland A's it just looks so ugly. It looks it's, it's it looks ugly because it is ugly, and um, he's he's a big scumbag for doing that because we all know that he was what he was doing. I mean, he knows what he was doing. So that's uh, that's the show. That is episode number sixty three. We hope that you guys enjoyed it. We hope that you send us scumbags of the night. Tell us who you want to be featured, and we'll go ahead and dedicate a scumbag of the night post straight to that. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. If you're going to bet, good luck. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.